What do you do when you're afraid you might give up on your dreams? Do you push onward, refocus, or do you give up and change course? This time on the podcast, I consider this question and ask advice from the Oracle. I'm Anne Headley, and this is my podcast, What is Going On Anyway? This time, we're considering a full blue moon, which is also a supermoon, so it appears just slightly bigger in the sky to our eye. And it's a blue moon, which means it's the second full moon of August and the last blue moon until the year 2037. And this full moon is having me ask the question, what is going on anyway? When you're afraid you might give up on something you thought you wanted. This moon is having me think forward and consider right now a new start to a year or to a cycle. We often do this in January for New Year's, but let's do it now at the end of summer. Let's think about another sequence of a year, the fall to come, this winter, next spring, and even the summer, all of that fullness pulling us once again towards the autumn. This back-to-school time, whether you've got kids going back to school or not, has a kind of frenzied, high-energy, think-windy, think-dry energy to it, where it can feel really good, but it can also feel very scattered. And right now at the end of summer, I can feel the weightedness of all of the things undone, the projects that I didn't do, the trips that I didn't take, the people I didn't visit, and everything feels like it's condensing into the end of something. And yes, it's the end of a season. I think it's a really good time to refocus and consider what we might want for this next year. What do we want for when we know what our limitations are? It's one thing to dream about the garden that I want to have in the middle of January when the ground is frozen and everything's sort of dreamy and hopeful, but it's another thing to plan for a garden for next year when I'm facing the garden that I have now that I neglected or the ways in which I neglected it, right? So sometimes giving up on a dream is just a kind of neglect or maybe it's a not seeing. I gave up on a tomato plant this year by just not noticing it often enough. And I gave up on a house project. The tomato plant will die The house project will wait. But some of my other dreams, will they die or will they wait? How do I know what's important to focus on and what things I just can't afford to neglect or not see? My last podcast episode was super challenging and I sort of wanted to give up. But I did it anyway, and I published it with all of the mistakes and all. Do you remember? They were like, some of you heard this. I tried to edit some of it out later, but you could hear like lots of this, like 
pages shuffling and lots of pauses and and mistakes, basically. And I wanted to just throw it all in and say, forget it all. But I also really, really don't want to do that. So I'm sort of stuck in between these two versions of myself. One that wants to give up when things are hard. And the other one that loves doing hard things and being proud of the accomplishments once the hard things aren't so hard anymore. I've found with these full moons, we will get a small good thing or something that feels abundant. At least there's something rising up for us to notice. And maybe that's the abundance, the ease in having an issue rise to the surface. You know, the new moons can feel invisible, like we have to make something out of nothing. We have to make a resolution out of that dark, quiet space. But the full moons are showing us what is there for us, even if it's a difficult thing. Like for me, this full moon is about what do I need to let go of so this next cycle of a year can make sense to me, can have purpose, so that I can see myself in this year shining with my potential and feeling purposeful in a way that isn't me just spinning my wheels, doing the things that I've always done because I am insisting on getting the same kind of validation from the world. So I have this dream, and it really is a dream of mine, that I can find inner validation, and that I don't have to keep looking in the same places for that external validation, which I'm getting really tired of the same old ways of looking for the same old approvals that aren't deeply, truly satisfying to me. So that's where that piece that I keep coming back to of, can I approve of myself? Can I follow my own desire? Can I find that adventure inside of me that I've always been longing for? And I keep thinking, like, doesn't everybody want this? Isn't everybody thinking that way? But maybe we aren't all feeling that. Maybe you aren't feeling that at all. So there's part of me that wants to say, you know, this is what the moon is all about. But I don't know if this is what the moon is about for you. This full moon for me is asking me to sort of plan out that this next year. And it does feel like I'm having uh, new year's resolutions. It feels like I'm looking at this year as if there's a whole new fresh slate in front of me. And since I'm thinking of this as a start to another year, even though, you know, this is August, it's a strange time to think of a new year. It does seem appropriate to let go of some of the plans I had. Like I thought I was going to do more house projects. I thought I was going to repaint all my trim and I was going to finish a floor and oh, there's so many things I was going to do. And, you know, I can't completely let go of those ideas yet, even though I'm talking about letting go, but there are a couple of months left, so I'm not going to let go of that quite yet. 
but I will accept that it may or may not happen. There's some other dreams that I'm thinking about how I've let go of them and what I want to hold on to. I had these two dreams since I was about 15 or 16 years old. One was to be a field hockey player and be really, really good at it. And the other was to pursue dance and performance. And I didn't, at 15 or 16, have any reason to let go of either. And to be honest, for a few years there, I was doing both. And then dance started to take over even more. As I was an adult, I didn't have any reason to let go. I kept those field hockey sticks that I had from high school. And last year, I was invited to play a parent versus student field hockey game. I was so excited because I had the sticks. I hadn't let go of the possibility of playing maybe on a recreational level field hockey again. I played that game and I had so much fun, but I was really sore afterwards and I could hardly walk for a week. I found that my drive towards wanting to play well had diminished. A big part of hockey is the team playing and being together and learning about each other. And I'll probably always seek something team-like to enjoy, something collaborative, something where you really depend on each other to get a thing done. But I felt after that experience, I could really give up that dream finally. Like it was really, really okay. I could put it to bed. And then this summer, I had another opportunity to revisit that old dream of dance and performance. I participated in a physical theater performance by Kimberly Bartosik, and she set a piece on local folks here in Rockland, Maine. And I found myself on stage again, wondering if I would like it, wondering if it would still have some spark for me. Or if it would be like my field hockey experience and it would be an old dream expired or completed or, or finished. Curiously, this was also a very physical experience. And just like that field hockey game, I couldn't walk properly for like a week afterwards and during the whole preparation for the performance. But this time it delighted me. It didn't discourage me at all. Something about performance, about theater, the lights, the focused audience, it thrilled me, just like it always has. And so that dream stays alive for now. I don't yet know where it will lead, other than saying, yes, I will, when new opportunities arise. It's funny how I have an idea of what my life should look like and the sorts of successes I should have. And my life keeps going its own way, despite that formula inside that insists my anxiety will diminish if I accomplish the goals that I set for myself. I think I'm learning to live with my doubt as a faithful companion now.
is new for me. And I also think it's important to name grief here. Because as life paths shift, we also must attend to the grief of losing what we thought we would be, the experiences we thought we would have. Letting that grief have space and even have a say in our plans matters. I remember when I realized that my marriage was over. Well, I cried a lot, like every day for, I think it was a whole year. And having grief present with me was really such a gift. I mean, I don't really wish that kind of experience on anyone. But the gift part of it is that it showed me so brilliantly, like like clearly, as if it were highlighted, all of the beautiful things. I can remember just seeing a couple holding hands, and I burst into tears. I was driving. Grief was there, but also there was a longing. There was a beauty in the connection of two people, in the desire to hold each other's hands and present that to the world. It is wonderful to hold a partner's hand, but also it's wonderful to hold a child's hand, a friend's hand, a hand of a parent, if you should be so lucky. When grief is your friend, all of life looks poetic. And really, is there any one of us who doesn't have grief as a companion? I've been struggling with being a mom and an artist. I talked about that last time. And being someone who is so unsure of her career path, I can waver between having huge excitement for future possibilities and collaborations and projects on one hand. And on the other hand, I just beat myself up because I didn't sort all of this out 20 years ago. My plan then was to figure it out when I got here. (laughs) That really was my plan. (laughs) I thought I would be so capable of figuring it out when I got here. Now I'm here and I'm just so mad that I duped my own self. So I'm just in this struggle. So back to my question and this moon and these two weeks. My astrology stew says that we will gain some clarity and to remember that all of this struggle is simply pointing out what isn't working so that we can fix it and get on with what does work in our lives and also to make a better world as we share what works with us with each other. So that does feel good, right? It just means how do we look at the struggle that we're noticing in our own life, let it rise to the surface, attend to what isn't working so that we can make sense and make a plan for how to make it work for us. Simple, right? No big deal. And so I ask the oracle, what do you do when giving up is on the table? And what would you have us know and consider for this full moon time? And the hexagram that we get is six. Conflict. Arguing. Hmm. 
one is wise to turn the conflict over to the sage or a just arbiter. Good fortune obtains. Hmm. So I ask the question to you, dear listener, good arbiter, what do you do when giving up is on the table? Conflict provokes strong feelings of doubt, right? Fear, anxiety, and for me, the biggest one is impatience to resolve the situation. All I want to do is not feel that feeling of conflict. All I want to do is figure out how to resolve it so I don't have to feel that horrible push and pull that I'm describing. If you act under the influence of these inferior emotions, you will severely complicate the misfortune. Return to neutrality, acceptance, and detachment. Only then will you be able to meet the opposing forces halfway. Not recoiling in anger and condemnation, not pressing forward for some unnatural change in things, but waiting calmly in the center until the higher power provides the correct solution. I guess for me, the correct solution is the one that gives me that feeling. Like I knew I could drop the field hockey. I knew that the performance still had a charge for me. It was like, which one feels warm? Which one feels like there's a kindling fire waiting for me? So I don't know if that's an answer, but that is a way to direct my focus. The I Ching teaches us that all conflict is in the end, inner conflict. Through balance, patience, and devotion to inner truth, we rise above every challenge. So clever. This is what the I Ching does for me so often, is I ask the question, like, I want the resolution of, what do I do if I think I'm going to give up on my dreams? Oh, no, not my dreams. And the I Ching just sort of like flatly looks at me with a straight face and says, hey, are we talking about inner conflict here? And I'm like, oh, this isn't about giving up on my dreams or not giving up on my dreams, but it's about that inner impatience that I feel to resolve something quickly. So how do I deal with that conflict And that's the bigger question to ask. And conflict moves to hexagram 64, which is called before completion. And this is the last hexagram before we go back around to one. So there's only 64. So you start with one, the creative, two, the receptive, and on and on until you get to 63, which is curiously after completion, and 64 is before completion. Before completion often comes as an indication that we have not yet achieved a genuine inner equanimity. Well, wouldn't you know, that's where I am. As long as we respond to outer pressures with our egos by worrying, desiring, or becoming aggressive, we cannot attain 
successful repose. So, right, this seems obvious to me. It's like, yes, I know. I hear you. Okay, I hear you. After completion denotes a time of great responsibility. In a very real sense, it can be said that the state of the world depends upon your thoughts and conduct now. The external world will only come into order if the inner world has done so. Quiet your ego, make humility and acceptance your primary goals, and move forward cautiously, deliberately, and gently. By persevering in what is true and good, you build the foundation upon which good fortune can come to rest. And really, for me, that's the heart of my letting goes. They have to do with my seeking good fortune. You know, like, my conflict is about what is the thing that will bring me good fortune? And I don't mean good fortune like riches and abundance, but I mean good fortune so that I can rest easy, that I can feel that abundant flow of joy in my life. So if the good fortune is the resting place, that place beyond conflict, perhaps I can find solace there. Humility says, what will be, will be. Let it all go. Let it all come, for that matter. My good fortune is the inner equanimity I can rest with. But I can only really rest when I let that conflict of ego also rest or quiet down. So that's my answer. And gosh, that's always the answer. Let go of conflict. Rest with your own inner peace. The key question here is, what are you arguing for? And for me, with this conflict around how do I let go of some dreams I've had, well, my conflict is in needing them to produce some results for me personally. Like it gets so personal, as if I have to do something rather than just be something. Maybe I'm the old lady who buys the local hockey team warm-up parkas because she goes to all the games and she noticed the girls were cold when they weren't playing and fall was turning colder and colder. This is a true story. She was an anonymous donor for last year's hockey team. That's one way of a dream continuing. The other question is, if you can't win this one, what else can you do? So if I can resolve my dream and my letting go of dreaming, what's left? Maybe just being. Maybe just being with those dreams, noticing them, like watching clouds in a beautiful end of August, beginning of September sky. Sometimes the journey feels very long, other times too short. Our hexagram moves to 64, and this is a nice place to end, because it's the last hexagram. Here, at the very end of the I Ching, nothing is settled or complete. Everything is in flux. 
As long as we are with life, there is change. And no transition can be the end. Everything is in place, and then nothing is in place. You arrive, yet you have barely begun. All that completes is the cycle itself. As is with our dreaming, one dream only leads to another. There is no end to this thread that binds us. And with that, I leave you to navigate these next two weeks with grace and ease. May you be well and may you know peace, both inner and outer. These podcasts are supported by listeners like you, by private donations, and also on patreon.com slash watermoonstudios. Thank you so much for being here. Do you know how grateful I am that you're listening to me? I've set myself the goal of making a podcast every two weeks for the entire year, and I'm about halfway through. And I'm finally ready to reach out to you and ask you what you think. I really do want to know. I've promised myself this year of moons to discover my podcasting voice and my style. I really love this medium and I want to keep going. But I need your help. I need to know what you like, what you could do without. Do you want a longer podcast, a shorter podcast? I'm ready for your feedback and your reviews. So please reach out to me at the podcast homepage, whether you're finding it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can leave reviews both places. And don't be afraid to leave a voice message. You can do that through the Spotify page, and then I can use it on the next podcast. If you want to hear your voice here, that could be fun. Thank you for being here. Be well. See you next time.